Good morning and welcome to episode 124 of the Sunday Conversation Podcast. Hosted by the boys, Aaron and Ben, and presented by Loyalty Liquors and soon Taco Casa, because that shit's about to be open down there. So, um, yeah, we have tons of sponsors and... That, that's all i can really say we have tons of sponsors we could also the say same ownership group one stop convenience uh dickie's barbecue um ether energy falcon fuels um i mean i could go down a fucking list of yeah geez. Uh, Take it easy, <laughs> um yeah it's one ownership group but yeah they sponsor us and uh yeah bro here we are. Years yeah. into this. <laughs> How was your week? I'm drinking some coffee right now. It's delicious. That's okay. I'm drinking coffee too. Oh, uh, my, my week was good. It's funny, actually. I don't know why it just popped into my head, but as I was plugging my microphone in, you know, which is now just second nature, getting getting ready to do this thing. I was like I just like hit with this wave of nostalgia of when that week when we before we recorded the first episode or I guess when we recorded the first episode and like just sitting there at my kitchen table like setting up the camera trying to record with the camera and like all the stuff that we did just sitting there getting ready to go and now it's just like hey Ben I'm ready in five minutes you ready okay cool just plug in the mics and go. I mean, uh, you're for, you're forgetting Gatorade bottles to pee in. Yeah. Um, you're forgetting a lot of shit, bro. Uh, like, yeah. You want to talk about a level of like, you know, I played I played over a hundred uh, minor professional hockey games. Not a big deal. Never in my life was I even the slightest bit nervous or as nervous as I was to go into my first. Uh, professional podcasting um, situation we'll call it um, dude I mean I would I would take a leak before a hockey game but not three or four you know like just a, a continuous uh, stream of pee coming out because because the nerves were going man it's hard it's hard well, to fucking be a podcaster and people forget that we lost the entire first episode that we actually recorded. we did <laughs> this is actually episode 125 Hey, Ben, actually, the mistake I made where I skipped the episode, actually, technically, it worked out because people forget we lost our first episode. We did. Yes, we did. Okay, that's fair. Okay, point well taken. It's amazing. It took us, you know, 30 episodes after that happened to, to figure that out, but... That's the Sunday conversation difference. Uh, to answer your original question, my week was uh, was good, man. A short week because uh, of the holiday. Uh, was out on uh, Candlewood Lake on the 4th of July, um, which is a great time. Uh, shout out my girlfriend for putting that all together. Um, hey, people forget I lived on Candlewood Lake I for two and a half that. months. When you Yeah, playing for the old D-Whale. The Danbury Whalers. Oh. I lived with I lived with nine guys in a I don't know sixteen hundred square foot house because that's that's the that's the FHL difference right there, buddy. The Iron League. <laughs> the 
I, I didn't shit. I didn't know that you lived on Candlewood Lake. How about that? I did. Yeah, I lived in a little lake house that was not very uh, insulated. It was chilly. <laughs> I lived on an air mattress in the corner of a room because at that point I was I was a veteran. So I could have had my own. Thank you place. for your service. <laughs> Dude, honestly, it might be sketchier being a veteran <laughs> than a fucking Iron League. Really. Um, but uh, yeah, at that point, I was, you know, I mean, you know how I am kind of OCD about my stuff and my shit. Yeah. And it was either I lived in a, a bedroom with double bunk beds or I took my talents to the living room the corner of the living room i backed a couch up against my air mattress kind of made like a little nook back there so i had you know whatever but dude i got the fuck out of that shit show quick one day i'll never forget i mean it was just a nightmare and not to mention phil esposito not the phil esposito we're talking phil esposito of the iron yeah (laughs) um he came, I came into the, we had about 40 something guys on the roster and 20 of them were Russians. He, he had this deal with this like Russian agent. Somehow there was some sort of deal that just like, if there was, if this agent needed to put a guy somewhere, Phil was just like, yeah, send him to Danbury. So I, I shit you not, we had like 35 guys on this team and, and, I had six points through six games, but I only had two goals. And he calls me into the office one day, and we're just about to go. It's about to be a a three and three, so three games and three nights. Yep. And I walk into the room for morning skate or walk into the ring for morning skate, and uh, I'm not in the lineup. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I hadn't been fucking – scratched in a situation like that like in college i got scratched for doing something stupid i took a 10 minute penalty because i fucking bitched out the ref so (laughs) this you don't say so this guy calls me into his office i'm like phil are you are you fucking kidding me like what the fuck is going on he's like benny he's like you've only scored uh what did he say he said you're just not scoring enough I'm like, Phil, I got six points in six games. Like, what do you mean? Like, you got, like, get, let, like, I'm sorry I haven't fucking scored enough. Like, let me get into a goddamn groove. And, like, so after, like, this this meeting was, I don't know, two minutes and 30 seconds. And I go, he's like, he's like, Benny, it's fine. He's like, you've been scratched before. I'm like, yeah, but not like this. Like, not in this situation. He's like, it's fine. You'll be back in the lineup tomorrow. I'm like, can you please release me? And he's like, huh? At this point, like, I'm a, I'm a decent hockey player. Like, I would have been a good fit for the organization. I'll tell you momentarily. I'm like, can you please release me? He's like, Benny, where are you going to go? I'm like, right. I don't fucking know. Just, just release me. So he's like, you want to get released? I'm like, yeah, please release me. So he fucking releases me right then and there. You don't I, say. Step out, I step out of his office. I called Justin Alonzo, one of my best buddies from fucking college. He was the captain of Watertown. I'm like, Alonzo, I just, I just released myself from Danbury. <laughs> I'm coming to Watertown. 
he's like, oh, fuck. Uh, okay, hang on a second. So he goes to Clarky, Brent Clarker, head coach. I mean, this is what he tells me. He's like, hey, I got a guy coming here. Like, he's good. We want him. And uh, Clarky's like, is he a defenseman? And Alonzo's like, yep. He's like, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Not a defenseman. On the power so play. <laughs> I, I, on the, I went, packed my shit up, like literally went back to the Candlewood Lake, packed up my little house in my, in, or not my house, my corner, fucking got <laughs> on the road in the old Benz, drove, drove five and a half hours to Watertown, New York fucking won a championship with the watertown wolves you don't say so <laughs> fuck you phil <laughs> i hated danbury anyway that is Place just is a fucking nightmare <laughs> uh, if you if you told me that story i don't remember it but you asking to be released from the federal hockey league which is you know basically the lowest professional hockey league in the country if we're you we're, where'd you you were going to sign a one-way in in bolton ice palace uh, men's league after that Aaron, I knew, I knew that I would be just fine. And, and you, I also, and it was one of, right. And I wanted, and, and the best part about it was we beat fucking Danbury to go to the finals. So I remember I said, fuck you to Phil. I said, um, but actually it's funny because he couldn't even come into our arena because he got into a fight with a fan, <laughs> Phil Esposito. So he was banned from the Watertown arena. Uh, that like for that entire season, that's fucking priceless. The best part about that is two years later, he became the head coach of the Watertown Wolves. <laughs> dude, dude, you want to talk about an absolute clusterfuck? Of, like the Federal Hockey League is right up there with one of the top clusterfucks in the world. Um, but I played in it and I won a championship in it. I got a fucking ring. Uh, you know, Benny, I actually, I don't know if I don't think I mentioned this to you, but um, on Spit and Chicklets, they were talking about the, the M dub, uh, the Midwest League, the, the, the Mountain West League. Yeah, there was who I forget who they were interviewing. It was an old uh, Avalanche player. Um, Elon Hayduke. No, nah, it wasn't Hayduke. It was uh, he was an American um oh i know who you're talking about you're talking about um oh shit uh uh, br- uh... Oh, john michael lyles was, was yes cool. yes yeah and uh and apparently he sells real estate now in Vail, and they brought up the mountain west hockey league <laughs> like talking they talked about it for like 10 minutes and i was like hey i played in that league I, uh, Hell you know, yeah, you did. I led my team in scoring in that league for the five games I played, you know, not a big deal. Um, but it's this, it's, I don't think people understand and, and I only have very limited exposure to it, but like what some of those minor league pro sports are actually like, you know, they talk about like guys like in baseball and like single A and triple A or double A, like that life is a grind. And yeah. Like, I also kind of I mean, did I'm it. Not- I'm not sitting here like um, saying we're better than minor league baseball players, but I mean, people forget I played baseball in college. I probably could have found a minor league baseball team to play on. And I was not that great at baseball. <laughs> there's baseball everywhere. Like there's leagues everywhere. Like these random ass, they call them the indie leagues, the independent leagues. Yeah. Like, 
So I will give it to hockey. You got the Fed, you got the SP, you got the East Coast League, you got the AHL, you got the NHL. And all I can say is that when a goaltender in the NHL goes down, it affects every single league. Right. That's not like how it is in baseball. Like, because the American guy gets called up, the Coast guy gets called up, the SP guy gets called up. Like, they have affiliations with most of those. Um, like, when I was playing for Knoxville, we were affiliated with Cincinnati Cyclones, which was of – it was the, the Carolina Hurricanes minor league team. So it was Carolina, Charlotte Checkers, yep. Cincinnati Cyclones, and then us. So, like, our goalie – Rayleigh Torres, he got called up, you know, because the other, because the NHL goalie got called, uh, got hurt or whatever, you know, it's right. like, so it moves all the way down. And the same thing for, for, you know, for skaters too. So, I mean, I, you got to give it to, I mean, shit. Justin McDonald had 112 points in, in, for the Wolves the year we won it and then got called up directly to the East Coast League and then like, was a point per game player there. So it's not like it's uh there's not as, as drastic of a difference in hockey than there are in other sports. Cause it's like when you're designing a hockey team, you have role players, right. you know, it's like not every guy in the world is a fucking a top line, you know, scorer. So you got to kind of field, feel the team, but yeah, it's a fucking, it is a grind. It's a grind like none other. Uh, Benny, how was your week? I, I didn't. I didn't ask you. Great. Ran offshore a couple times. Caught a bunch of fish. Uh, finished up a big landscaping job. Uh, got a got a fence job in the works. Got a three fence jobs in the works. Whoa. Two at, two at one place. A repair job. A new fence, and then a new fence at another place. So just slowly. Uh, Making a making a stand here down in Florida. I think we want to stay you, down here. You don't ever just, you know, when you apparently go back to work, you're just like, oh, I'm going to do this, 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 this. You know, it's, some people like to ease back into work, and you're just like, I'm not going to work for two years, and then I'm going to just do 50 jobs in a couple weeks <laughs> take another six months off. <laughs> it kind of works for me, at least. <laughs> like, in, in terms of uh, – yeah, shit. There's another reason to to be smart with your funds, and then you can, you know, pick your spots. But we're not I getting mean, killed shit. as much as we were. No, we're making a little bit of money back. We're still it, down hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of thousands of dollars. But yeah, it's um, it's so interesting though, Ben. Like in in this has been brought up before, but like when it comes to, especially financials, you know, like during the early days of COVID, you had everybody coming out and saying like, Oh, you know, the market's going to crash all this stuff. And and obviously it did get killed for a little while, but, and then, you know, as things started to go back up, everybody was like, Oh, everything's so great. Blah, blah, blah. And now that we've hit this like weird, you know, almost recession, bear market, whatever you want to call it. Well, it, it, it is a bear market. It's not a recession. There's definitive things for those things. Um, uh, 
now it's like the information is just completely back and forth. Like I, you know, follow a couple of financial Instagram accounts and it's like, you'll see JP Morgan say that the bottom is in and that everything is going to get better. And then, you know, the next, the next post they have is, you know, bank of America's chief analyst says, you know, stocks could still drop another 15 to 20% before the bottom's in. And it's like, this pe- it, it's one of those things where I wonder if these people actually have any idea or they're just guessing, or they're just saying stuff to help their own positions out. Aaron, right now, we are in what we call a dead cat bounce stage. Oh, wow. Enlighten me. I don't know. Some guy on Instagram said that we're in a dead cat bounce. Uh, but it's when, like, you know, it's working up, working up, working up. Like, dead cat bounce. And then, and then, it, and then it comes right back. I was just going to put it into terms of, like, you know, uh, it's like you make, so, all right, we'll, we'll just, st- we'll call it we'll, for, for easy numbers. We'll say, uh, you got a hundred bucks invested. Okay. Actually, no, let's for easy sake, let's say you have 500 bucks invested. Okay. And then the, uh, then the crypto market just falls out beneath you. And now you have $100 invested. So now you got your hundred bucks. We're way the fuck down. And then it starts climbing. I'm sorry. You're at a hundred bucks. Now you're down to 75 bucks. Okay. It climbs back up to like 95 bucks. And you're like, Oh fuck, it's coming back. And then boom, right back down to 75 bucks. And then it climbs back up, you know, hundred bucks. Boom. You're right back down to 80 bucks. So the way he was like, like I was, he had like some some graphics like showing some charts so it was basically just like you know you run up a little bit and everybody that had you know everyone that's been in it for not let's say not the long term let's say like the shorter term they panic sell or like you know they let it get back up to 100 and they're like oh yeah 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 here we go it's coming back but they're like fuck i'm scared i gotta get out so then they're selling off there at that hundred dollar mark Yep. And then all of a sudden it's bouncing back down to the $80 mark. The big retail investors, big fucking corporations, they're buying that shit up, working back up. And it comes down again. And it's like, that's how they drive out the little man. It's like that. That's all, all that we're in right now is I, I believe <clears throat> I saw this list of like 15 top companies. Okay. And every single one of them, their CEO believes in cryptocurrency as a future. Sure. So if you're looking at the biggest companies in the world that are, you know, like, for example, Google, Apple, they're, they're implementing these massive fucking teams of, you know, crypto analysts or whatever you want to call it, Web3 designers, the whole nine yards. If they're dumping billions of dollars into their infrastructure, or cryptocurrency obviously you have to take a, a second and think like okay then they must believe in this shit and we must be heading towards that because otherwise you would they'd be dumping you know millions and billions into something else if that weren't you know if it, if it was if it weren't the case so 
in my mind, it's like you have the big companies watch these little people make fortunes and, you know, all this off crypto. And they're like sitting in the, in the shadows, like waiting, waiting, waiting. I mean, nothing ever goes up all the time. Is that true? I mean, is there any asset on earth that has ever just completely mooned like without any turning back? Like, I don't believe so. No, like I mean, you could you... everything you look at everything, internet, the dot com era, everything is bubbled up, come back down, and then you know, continued to to go up over time. So it's like if CEOs of biggest the biggest corporations on earth are laying in the weeds right now, getting ready to jump or jumping, I mean shit's coming back and that's a fact but they're trying to figure out a new financial system because the old one's clearly all fucked up and i think that'll be it so we'll talk here on episode 400 and i'll be like hey i can get you your rolex again it's not a problem it actually do did i don't know if you saw right now you can't you can't have one I well, good thing we have 376 more episodes to go before I burned it. Um, the I don't know if you saw this, but like during well, obviously you knew it because you have a Rolex, but during the um, during the pandemic, like the the prices of uh watches, uh, specifically higher end watches, kind of went through the roof. And we actually talked about it on here when I brought your Rolex to Lux Bond and Green to get fixed. And, I, and the Rolex case had literally one watch in it or two watches in it. Um, you know, and I was talking to the people behind the counter and they're like, yep, you know, I just can't get them anymore. But like the prices of even the prices of, of luxury watches are like starting to come down now too. And, you know, in reality, I think while there's enough news out there that makes people panic, there's just a cyclical nature to the market. And, you know, we, it was riding. So everything, every asset on the planet was riding so high for during COVID that inevitably at some point they would have to regress, you know, at least a little bit. Now, I don't know if everybody thought they would regress as much as they have, but, you know, when you put however many trillions of dollars into circulation, you just, it's just simple simple economics you don't need a phd to understand that that's going to devalue things long term until you can get it back under control and you know slowly but surely it seems like things are starting to regulate a little bit you know you got gas the price of crude oil is down uh which will hopefully actually what are are the gas prices around you uh actually between 439 and and actually we found one spot that was 399 if you paid cash if you paid cash 405 credit so i walked in you're not gonna you're gonna love this one because this is kind of funny so i walk in with a hundred dollar bill i was gonna put a hundred bucks in the in the in the vehicle and uh get that lock in that 399 price i walk in and there's this fucking lady standing up at the counter getting lotto tickets you know one of those fuckers like uh she just you know she's got a wad of like 20 in her hand and then she's sitting at the booth like you know it's this nice elderly elderly nice elderly woman 
that was the attendant the yeah. gas station attendant elderly so it's lady. like she's not she's not like you know moving at a good clip she's yeah. like you know got us she's like i want you know whatever 47 22 27 326s you know it's like and i fucking i was the third person in line and i fucking walked right back outside and i used my credit card because i'm like <laughs> not a fucking chance am i fucking waiting, waiting. <laughs> <laughs> i'll spend the 10 extra bucks <laughs> on, fuck this and that's honest truth man like oh i've done that before i it's it's and you know i was actually gonna joke it's because it is true i bought you know if i ever have like a dollar or two in my wallet since those are basically worthless now they're like pennies you might as well just throw them out on the street I'll, uh, you know, I'll buy a lottery ticket or scratch off, you know, just one, you know, in passing, you know, I don't care which, what it is, whatever. But the amount of times that I've been stuck behind people playing the lottery. And I, I don't have any problem being like, hey, do you mind if I go in front of you? Like, I'm literally well, one thing. The and problem I'm, out the was, door. I'm looking at a guy in front of me that's holding two tens and I know he wanted gas, too. Yeah. And he turned around and looked at me. And I. At that point, I because I was almost about to say, "Excuse me, can you just put a hundred on, you know, pump whatever, yeah, right. <laughs> and uh, and then go?" But then I look at him, and he was like, you know, waiting patiently, and I'm like, "I can't be the fucking guy. Like, I got a hundred dollar bill in my hands. Like, I'm literally about to like, you know, fill up a fucking Chevy Tahoe all the way." Yeah, I I was not when I saw his face and he was just as pissed at me, I'm like, I'm not even going to fucking, I'm not going to be that guy. I, I just walked my ass back outside and that, Hey, you know, I still got that hundred dollars now. You're, you're a good guy, Benny. And call you a good guy. Ben. Now, now I owe a hundred bucks to the creditors <laughs> instead, but it's okay. <laughs> uh, it's convenience, um, man. It's you people pay but, for convenience. Yeah, no, you're totally right. You're totally right. And it's like the whole, the, the worst part though is like, I think being an, an informed individual and like a little bit financially, financially literate, you want to be like, um, excuse me, ma'am, did you know that the lottery is a tax on the poor? <laughs> like, actually, like it is a, like, you just won 50 bucks and you, then you spent all the 50 bucks on more lottery tickets. And then you just won six bucks back. And then you took that six bucks and then you bought six more dollar tickets and then you won a dollar. And then you took that $1 ticket and you bought one more $1 ticket and you didn't lose. Right. So call me crazy, but had you just walked out with your $50 lottery ticket, you'd be good to go. But the problem is, is I don't even think that people like that care about it because I don't think they're earning their money anyway. I think they're getting a check from the government, if I'm correct. Like, I'm just, in my mind, I'm guessing that that they're, uh... they're probably not working. Or if I know, was to, or, if I was a betting man, they would be some somehow collecting something and then going and spending every bit on lottery tickets, which they lose, and then you know. But listen, or well, or they 
you know, have a, have a, you know, minimum wage paying job or lower paying wage job. But yeah, there's, I, I, I don't know if you remember, I had up, I bought that book misbehaving about behavioral economics by, uh, uh, Dr. Richard Thayer. I want to say is his name. I don't know. R.L. Stein. Yes. By R.L. Stein. It was the sequel (laughs) to Goosebumps. Goosebumps. But there, there was a, there's a chapter in there about, um, um, it was called, I'm going to say it was called like loss aversion or, or something, but basically the theory being that, or the understanding, it wasn't even really a theory at that point was that like people are significantly more willing to take risk to not lose money than they are when it comes to getting money, which seems odd, but like in the survey, it was basically like, would you rather <clears throat> take a hundred dollars right now, guaranteed, or you know, have a 50-50 chance of getting two hundred dollars or zero dollars? And you know, obviously the overwhelming majority, it was like 76%, you know, chose the hundred dollars for free, you know, right away. Then the same coin, the same side or the other side of the same coin being like you know, you have a 50, 50 chance of either losing $200 or losing zero or losing a hundred dollars guaranteed. And it was like the same number, like 74% were willing to take the risk to not lose any money. So it's very interesting that like, when you get people with the lottery, you know, it becomes, and they, and they win money rather than walking away or, you know, let's say you buy a, a $2 scratch off, you win 10, you know, maybe buy a $5 scratch off and then pocket the other five. So you're coming out, you know, at least uh, you made 250% profit on your original investment. Like, you know, people just don't have, it's, let me tell you something real quick while we're talking, rich. what, no, while we're talking. Okay. couple things about the lottery, Trevor, is owns convenience stores. Mm-hmm. The lottery is the biggest pain in the ass for him because they don't make a cent off lottery. The, all that the lottery does is bring customers into the store. Sure. So in his mind, when you have the people that are just paying playing the lottery, wasting all that time, it's doing absolutely nothing for his business. Absolutely nothing. So when they're coming in and just worried about scratch-offs, it's like kind of a kick in the dick. You're like, fucking buy something else or, you know, or, you know, but then you hope that they do win some money and then they go buy some shit in the store or whatever. Right. The other thing I want to say is he has access to lottery tickets. Right. So when our friend got married, Trevor took a whole entire $1 stack of lottery tickets. It's 300 bucks. Yeah. Okay. It's 300 tickets in a roll. Guess how much we won off the 300 tickets? How many? No, guess. I how want much? you to guess. Oh, okay. What was the, what did they cost? $301 tickets. One, $1 tickets. Okay, so 300 bucks. You won $68. Damn. No, it was like it was two hundred dollars. It was like two hundred and ten dollars. <laughs> no, not ter- not terrible. You well, not terrible, bucks. but but if you you know, it just goes to show that that is not even 
there's not a fucking grand prize in every one of those. There's not even a, you no. know, that, that, you know what that is? That's 300, like a dollar winner here, a fucking yeah. $2 winner yeah. here. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not anything special. It's right. like, it's not like we won 200 bucks twice. Yeah. No, not at all. So it's just, uh, but you, unless you go into a fucking, you know, a lottery retailer and buy 300 tickets, like you wouldn't know that. And most people aren't going to be right. doing that, but it's more, it was because the kid we bought it for was addicted to scratch offs and pretty much just proved to him that you shouldn't be addicted to scratch offs. Cause. Well, and so in Connecticut, it's a nickel, you get a nickel, a ticket. So again, really no financial incentive. If you're a, if you're a, um, liquor store gas station convenience store whatever to to it it's literally just that like we had we had lottery at my at uh my at our family's liquor store my grandfather's liquor store and we actually got rid of it because the store was small and it was becoming a problem where we had you know basically people coming in and doing just that sitting there playing the lottery and like holding up the line now i would always if someone was playing the lottery i would always take someone that was buying alcohol over the person buying lottery because you know we make more money on it and you know those people come back and spend more money uh than the people buying the lottery but i will say we decided to get rid of it at one point and when we got rid of it we did lose a small percentage of the customer base that stopped coming in to buy you know either buy lottery and you know a pack of cigarettes which you also make fucking nothing on or lottery and a single beer, whatever, you know, they were really there for the lottery. And so they would just, they just started going somewhere else. Once we got, we eventually got it back, but like, it's a, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. People just like to chase the, I mean, you know, let's call as somebody who, who had a sports gambling bordering on a problem, like, you know, I get the thrill of the, of, you know, trying to win some money, you know, at least with sports gambling, you get some entertainment out of it. And it's, it's completely unpredictable where with the lottery, it's, you know, you can pretty much predict you're not going to win. So it's, it's Listen, like, I'm a recovering skate buying addict. At one point, <laughs> I, I mean, I had, I wrote down on a piece of paper. Cause I mean, I'm, I'm like, I, I'm, I remember shit, but like when I was playing in high school and juniors, I would pretty much go, what was that place up in uh, Springfield? Bertelli's, Bertelli's, uh, yeah, Bertelli's. Well, Gateway Hardware, Gateway, yeah, or Bertelli, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they had that downstairs with all the used pro stock skates. Yep. I bet you. I think at one point, like I, I had like forty-five or fifty like pairs of skates that I, I would just I would take them. No, no, I, not Christ. all at once. Oh, okay. Aaron, like I would, like I would, I would get these skates. And I would wear them for fucking a week and I'd be like, ah, I don't like them. And then I'd go trade them in because you could just like they were it was a trade in thing. So I get it, man. I'm, I don't buy skates anymore. Now I buy fishing reels and, and rods. So it's, well, it's, there's always but, an addiction for, but, for something. But hypothetically, were the world of society come to a point of an apocalypse well, now you got a way to feed yourself. It, there's practicality behind fishing reels, you know, lottery tickets. 
you can burn your lottery tickets at night to stay warm, I guess. But like that ain't getting you anywhere if society breaks down into complete pandemonium. Bedlam. I like the word right. bedlam, no, bedlam better. I guess at at the time I was like I was pretty gung ho on I was gonna make a living off hockey. So well, you did, just um, not a great one. <laughs> yeah, just a very very minimal, um, awful buggy you know i say that but i mean i i reckon there was some bed bugs on some of those sleeper buses i mean come on like I, the best part about being <laughs> what i mean when you wear your track suit in bed like your your windbreaker startup yeah, yeah, suit yeah. whatever like you know that it's probably not the cleanest bed um but whatever but whatever um all right well that seems like a good end of the end of a thought to uh to wrap things up on um have we been chatting for a while yeah we got less than a minute left according to this thing which is a lie because it's it's it like it counts down from 10 minutes and then it gets to two minutes and then at two minutes it says less than a minute after two minutes and it's like well so you're just taking a minute from us every time zoom um but that's okay i think i think we had a nice chat what um you know, I don't even think I have time to ask you. You got anything else, buddy? No. Love you. Okay, good. Love you too. Ciao.